Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Melissa Rich, and welcome to another episode of Taking Care of Your Temple podcast. This podcast is designed to help women and some men, because we do have some male listeners, improve their relationship with God by connecting with Him regularly, using His grace, power, strength, might, wisdom, all the good things to improve their physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health and well-being. There are four principles that I recommend on this podcast that can help you do this. And there are probably other ways that you can do it as well. This is just what I recommend. One is keeping our focus on God. This is probably the most important one, in my opinion. It's also the most difficult to do because there are so many distractions all around us. I feel like sometimes I have the attention span of a gnat, just hopping around all over the place. So it's a process of continually pulling yourself back onto the right path, getting your attention directed back to where it needs to be. Next is acknowledging that we are not enough on our own. We are not smart enough, strong enough, stable enough, rich enough, whatever it is, to do life all by ourselves. We need God's help. And the good news about that, thank goodness, is that when we ask him for his help, he's happy to provide it. You know, we don't have to take a number. We don't have to fill out a form. We don't have to wait two days for him to get back to us or two months. He provides help when we ask for it. Yay. Third step, remind yourself often it is about progress, not perfection. We tend to think that we have to do things perfectly. And yeah, that would be great. Doesn't work that way. And then we beat ourselves up for it when we don't. Stop doing that. I'm talking to myself as well. Um, The big thing is when we mess up, which we will learn from it, let it go, move on. And then the fourth step is to work on consciously changing our thoughts. And this, ladies, is because our thoughts are so incredibly, vitally important. They determined everything, how we think, feel, act. They're kind of like the, I've been on boat metaphors lately. Uh, and I'm. this is not a good idea because I'm not very familiar with boats. I think it's the rudder that steers the boat or maybe the motor. Anyway, our thoughts are are that thing that that steer us. And so if our thoughts are negative and toxic and gloomy, you know, that's how we're going to feel. That's how we're going to act. On the other hand, if our thoughts are positive and uplifted and focused on God and his power and direction, we can do anything. So, again, our thoughts are really, really important. The verse for this podcast, which I think is a really good one, is 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And I don't think I said the the number of the podcast or the uh, title. Sorry, this is episode 44. This is the second part of the one I did last week. This is uh, Morning Mindset Makeover, part two. And the reason I do want to talk a little bit about this, that I chose this topic, I kind of addressed this last week. I just, over the years, have seen way too many people who feel like they are just kind of buffeted about. And they're like a, I'm into metaphor, metaphors today, I don't know why. They're like uh, leaves and fall that are just blowing all over the place and they have no control over where they go. They're just picked up and moved. A lot of people seem to feel that that's what life does to them and that they have no control over it. They can't change the course of anything. They can't affect what's happening to them. And so If they get up in the morning and they have two or three annoying things happen, which like is very common for most of us, I know it is for me, then that can just ruin their whole day. And they allow it to ruin their whole day. They let that set the tone for everything. 
They just are feeling hopeless and defeated before they even get out the door. So that's kind of where this podcast came from, because I'm a big believer in that, especially with God's help, we can do a lot. And just because we had a lousy start to the day, that doesn't mean that our whole day needs to be that way. So what I'm really focusing on in this podcast are things that we can do every morning to get ourselves off to a really good start. Now, please note, don't even try to do every single thing. I think I did like 25 or 24 things last time. I'm doing about the same number this time. There's no way you can do all of these every day. You'll never go anywhere. So pick some that you feel like, yeah, that would that would be good. Work on those. And then maybe as you incorporate those and kind of get those into your routine, maybe then you could add on, add on a couple of more. I'm just doing a lot because I know that not every suggestion is going to work for everybody. So I'm kind of trying to give you room that you can you can pick from. So let me start us off with a quick prayer. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given me with this podcast, for the lives that it's touching, for the way that your word just goes out. I, I'm amazed at that. I'm amazed when I see that I have people who are listening in England, in Australia, in Saudi Arabia. I mean, it, it's just an amazing thing to me. But we know that your word says that uh, when it goes out, it will not come back void. So I thank you for that. I ask your blessing on this podcast episode, and I ask that we will all really make an effort to live our lives and to spend our days in ways that honor you. Thank you for your love. Amen. Okay, so I'm kind of picking up from where I left off last time. As I said, I did 22 or 23, maybe 24 suggestions last time. I have about the same number this time. So let's start out. So one of the things that you can do in the morning to set yourself up for a really good day is to set some intentions. So there are goals and there are intentions. They do tend to have some overlap, but they are there are some differences. So goals are, 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 yeah, both of them help you stay focused on your direction and on the things that you want to do that day, on your purpose. Goals are things that you want to do in the future. Some examples of some goals are you might want to learn to play the guitar. Maybe to swim with dolphins. That's one of my goals it's on my bucket list. Or run a 10K. Intentions describe how you want to feel, and the focus is more internal. It's on your relationship with yourself. So some examples of intentions that you might want to set for yourself are, I will have a positive mindset. That's a really good one. Or I will stay focused on the present moment and enjoy it. Another really good one. So those are things. Setting intentions are some things that you can do to help you have a really good day. Next, listen to some uplifting music. Play your favorite tunes, and that will help you set a positive tone for your day. For me, I've always found, not that I do it very much, but listening to heavy metal or really dark music, y'all, I just feel really down, depressed, isolated. I start developing anxiety, and I'm not an anxious person. I'm pretty sensitive to music. And the wrong type of music definitely affects me. But the right kind of good positive music is uplifting to me as well. And I've always said, when I go to church, I mean, I want a good sermon, but what I really need is good praise and worship music. That that speaks to me way more than a sermon can. Sorry, John. But there it is. Okay, so the benefits of listening to uplifting music, some of the benefits are it can boost our mood. It can reduce stress. 
It can boost the brain's production of dopamine, which helps relieve feelings of anxiety and depression. And, you know, I've said this before on the last one, anything that we can do to help relieve stress, anxiety, or depression, y'all, it is worth doing because those things are like, like almost epidemic right now. So those are good. Okay, next one. Next thing that you can do to make yourself feel better in the morning is to review some positive affirmations. You can recite them to yourself. And positive affirmations are made up of phrases that you say out loud to yourself or that you say in your head. Because, you know, if there are people around, you probably don't want to be saying your positive affirmations. They may look at you really funny. You can also write them down and kind of post them in different places to make sure that you see them all the time. Positive affirmations are meant to help you build up and to improve your confidence, even when things are difficult. And I try to use positive affirmations that connect me to God. Because again, I can't do it all on my own. I need his help. So Christian affirmations are positive statements derived from Bible verses that Christians use to affirm their faith in God. They're scripture-based truths that remind us of God's promises and his love for us. It's kind of like having a pep talk with yourself, except that the pep talk and the, the points in the pep talk are coming directly from the Bible. So here are some examples of faith-based affirmations. God has a purpose for my life. And if y'all doubt that, it is true. It is throughout scripture. I am deeply loved by God. Y'all, more so than we can ever imagine. God is my refuge and my strength. Absolutely. With God's help, I can get through anything. Yeah. So I, I've talked about this before, but I use, I call them thought optimizers. That's my trademark term for it. Um, and versus every day. They're recorded on my phone. I play them every morning. And as I'm getting dressed, as I'm unloading the dishwasher, as I'm taking my dogs out to pee or poop, because I have one who I still have not trained to use the doggy door. Not that I'm upset or anything. Anyway, when I'm doing all these things that I don't need to really focus completely on, I am listening to these things and they're they're delving into my brain. And it makes a difference. So those are ways you can use it. Okay. Another thing that you can do to give yourself a really good day is to journal. This is such a good habit to get into. And get into the habit of writing down your thoughts, your goals, or things that you're grateful for. You can have a gratitude journal. That's a good one to have. I've talked about gratitude last week as well. Journaling offers just a whole array of benefits, from easing stress to kind of creating some self-discovery moments for yourself. It kind of shines a spotlight on the really invaluable things in your life that you might not always be aware of otherwise. So it can help reduce stress. It boosts health and well-being. It increases creativity. I love anything that creates that increases creativity, reduces negative thoughts, builds self-confidence, and it can also help you figure out, okay, what's my next step in wherever you are, whatever you're doing. So if you're not sure how to do it, Take about three to five minutes every morning. Y'all, you don't have to write a book. It, it doesn't have to be pages and pages. Just write. Doesn't have to be organized or coherent. Don't worry about grammar, about punctuation, about syntax. Just let it out. Don't censor yourself. The main key for journaling to be effective, to get some benefits out of it, is to be consistent. I mean, I'm sorry to tell you, I've said this with other things. If you just do it once every once or two months, you're not going to get much out of it. I mean, that's just the reality. 
I would shoot for four to five times a week, maybe once every day. Because again, you're just two to three minutes. That's all you need. You can do more on some days if you want to. But if you do at least that much consistently, and the one thing I will say, date it. Because what will happen is you, if you have it dated, then you can look back six months into the past and you realize, oh, yeah, I forgot I was really struggling with that. I really have made progress. You can see how you've improved if you dated it. And you can also see how long it took you to work through that, which is valuable because then when you're trying to work through something in the future, you can look back and say, okay, this took me a couple of weeks to get through, but I did. And so it kind of gives you hope for the future. So journaling is a really a great thing to do. The next thing that you can do to set yourself up for a really good day is to avoid rushing in the morning. And y'all, the way that you do that is you get those morning tasks done as many as you can ahead of time. You set things up and structure things so that you can do them. This means going to bed and getting up at a reasonable hour. I mean, if you wait till your alarm clock has gone off five times and you've hit the snooze button five times and then you dash out of bed and don't have time to eat breakfast, yeah, that's not going to do it. You need to get up at a reasonable hour. Also, it helps if you are organized the night before. Make your lunch, lay out clothes, look at the calendar for what's coming up the next day. I have learned to do that. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I've forgotten appointments and I had them in my calendar, which makes it even worse. So I really work on the night before I look at what's coming the next day so that I have it in my head. Oh, yeah, I'm meeting that person so that I, I know because I can get so caught up in the things that I'm doing. Even like I said, when they're on my calendar, I did this recently. It was really embarrassing. Um, I just forgot. Yeah. So look at your calendar. It's really helpful to have everything in your calendar. It's even more helpful if you look at it so you know what's coming. That was to me as well. Next is leave your home organized. When you leave, try to leave things tidied up. Now, I say this knowing that if you have three children and two dogs and a, a spouse, it can be very difficult to do. You're probably going to come home and things are going to be chaotic, but I'm going to tell you something to do for that in a minute. Try your best to leave things at least somewhat picked up so that when you get home, it feels calm, organized. It's not just, you're not walking into chaos. That's no fun for everybody. If that is not possible, and I get that it may not be, here's what you do. When you get home, kids are home, especially if the hubby is home, you do a, I used to recommend this for clients all the time, you do a 10-minute pickup, set a timer. You may need to do 15 minutes to start out, but honestly, after a while, you can do five or 10 minutes. It'll be plenty. Set the timer. Everybody walks through the house and pick th picks things up. They first pick up their own things. That's the rule. Once they're done with that, they don't get to say, oh, there's still five minutes left on the timer, but I'm done. No. Then they go through and pick up other things. They they put things away. They tidy things up. Y'all, if, if everybody takes five or 10 minutes every day, your house, I promise, will stay much more organized. It's not going to be perfect, especially if you have kids, but it will be much better. Now, I cannot help you to train your dog to pick up their toys. Good luck with that. I'm still working on that one with mine. But you can get your kids and your hubby going too, or, or your spouse. I mean, maybe a man listening to this and you want to get your wife doing it. But everybody needs to take ownership. My rule of thumb has always been everybody lives in the house. 
and they contribute to the mess. So they need to contribute to the cleanup. And I don't care if your child is three years old, they can go pick up some of their toys, especially if you have them all in a big basket and you know, okay, when we get home from daycare or whatever, this is your job. You pick up those toys and you put them in here. You're going to have to help them the first few times, but they'll get it. So keep things tidy. You won't, you will, uh, you won't feel nearly as overwhelmed. I discovered that when I was in college and I had, uh, I was in the dorm with a roommate, I could not study if my room was a mess, even if, and a lot of times it was, the mess was my roommates because I had a messy roommate um, and I'm not, I'm pretty neat and tidy. So I would end up a lot of times cleaning up her mess or at least just putting it out of sight. And she never knew because she just dropped things anywhere. She didn't remember where she dropped them. So I just put them, you know, on the other side of her bed so I didn't have to see them. Um, but once everything was tidied up, then I could study and then I could do things. I, I don't function well in clutter. And I've always said clutter oppresses the spirit. And I truly believe that is true. Okay. Another thing that you can do in the morning to get yourself off to a good start. I've talked about this one before and um, forgot the episode number, but it was about Keystone Habits is to make your bed every morning, y'all, every morning, make your bed. In Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, he talks about the fact that making your bed, this is backed by research, establishes a direct link to better productivity and overall health. Just making your bed does that. When you make your bed, it helps you be more productive throughout the rest of your day, and it causes you to spend time in other healthy habits. So it's kind of this domino effect. Making your bed isn't one of the big things that you do every day, but doing those small things first can be really huge. So a keystone habit, that's what making your bed is, he said, are small changes or habits that people introduce into their routines that unintentionally carry over into other aspects of their life. They are habits that produce kind of a ripple effect in which one little positive change has the power to introduce other positive changes in all different parts of a person's routine. So y'all, I do this every day. I have a small older house, so my bedroom is small, and if and I have a king-size bed in it. If I were to walk in and see this big unmade bed, every time I walked in my room, it would drive me crazy. So first thing in the morning, well, one of the first things that I do is I make my bed. And while I do that, I'm listening to my thought optimizers and my verses. I'm doing that. Um, and in between, <laughs> my dogs, I have a bench at the foot of my bed. And they're curled up there. And every time I walk by, they flop over on their back so that I'll rub their tummies. So I'm listening to positive affirmations and, and verses. And I'm making my bed and doing other things. And I'm I'm rubbing doggy tummies. So, yeah, it's fun. Always fun in my house. But I like walking into my room. I have to have it picked up. And part of that is having a bed made. The other thing is I really like in the evening getting in to bed and having these crisp, clean, cool, smooth sheets every evening it makes me feel good. I really am convinced that this helps me to feel better. So make your bed. Another thing that can be helpful is to take breaks. A lot of times, you know, we look at our schedules. I do this a lot. And you have, I mean, you, you're like booked throughout the day. You have no breathing room and it's overwhelming. 
it can be depressing and stressful. So schedule short breaks throughout your day because these can help you recharge and stay productive. It also helps you, excuse me, helps prevent you from becoming overwhelmed or going off track. Use your breaks to do things like eat a healthy snack, have a bathroom break. Yeah, we all do need to go to the bathroom sometimes. Drink some water, take a quick walk outside, just things to kind of clear your head. And then you're going to be able to work more efficiently and productively after the break. Okay, next, practice forgiveness. Yeah, this is one that's harder and not as much fun, but it is necessary. Start your day by forgiving those who may have wronged you just the way Jesus taught in the Bible. If you're harboring resentment or anger, offer forgiveness to others and seek God's forgiveness for your own shortcomings. Because I promise you have them. I have them. We all do. And it can help free you from the control of the person who harmed you. Y'all, I've talked about this before. I did an episode on forgiveness. It may have been a two-parter. I don't remember. But if we are harboring that anger and resentment and unforgiveness, we are chained to that other person. They are controlling us. They're calling the shots even if they aren't aware of it. It may not affect them at all. We're the ones who are allowing them to affect us in a negative way. So forgiveness is really important. Some of the benefits of forgiveness. It can create healthier relationships. It can improve our mental health and emotional health. We experience less anxiety, stress, and hostility. Fewer symptoms of depression, lower blood pressure, a stronger immune system, and improved heart health. It's just good all the way around for us to forgive other people. The next thing that we can do to set us up for a really good day is to eat mindfully. This is really important. It's something that I still work on. Learn to eat your meals slowly and savor the flavors to promote a healthy digestion. The next time you're eating, take a look at what's on your plate. Savoring your food and not just eating it mechanically can have some important health benefits. If you can slow down the eating process, that will help get you in tune with how you feel about the food, how much you're eating, and how your body feels as you eat. One of the big reasons a lot of people are overweight, and this was me too for a long time, is because they ate so much so fast so unmindfully that they were never aware when they were full. So you just don't stop eating. You keep going. Even when your body is going, okay, we're done here. I'm full. Yeah, I did this for years. And that was one of my worst eating habits. And it took me years to overcome. I'm much better, still not 100%, but much better. And that was mindless eating. A lot of times I wasn't even tasting my food. I was just shoving it in and really paying very little to no attention to what I was eating. And that's one reason I had a weight problem for so many years. Gotten much better. Still have to remind myself of it sometimes, but I'm, I'm doing better. Next, express kindness. Y'all, this is so vital. We all need some kindness in our lives. So look for opportunities to show God's love through acts of kindness and generosity to other people. I can pretty much guarantee you they badly need it. Show kindness to others, whether through a smile, a compliment, or a small act of generosity. When we practice kindness, either to other people or towards ourselves, and we need it from ourselves too, 
we experience positive mental and physical changes in our bodies. We do. Lower stress levels, uh, increased production of dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin. Being kind helps boost our immune system, reduce blood pressure, and reduce stress and anxiety. Now, I didn't know this until I was researching um, this podcast, podcast episode, but Monday, November 13th, is World Kindness Day. I didn't even know there was a World Kindness Day. I'm glad there is one. I think we totally need it. But um, I just thought that was pretty cool. And uh, it's kind of cool and kind of sad at the same time that um, they made a World Kindness Day, which shows me that, yeah, we really, really do need it. Okay, another one. This is going to step on some toes here. Sorry, this is research, not me just saying it. But limit your caffeine intake. This is not a problem for me because I'm not a coffee drinker. I like the way it smells. I think it never tastes nearly as good as it smells. I don't like the taste of coffee at all. Way too strong for me. So this is not an issue. And I do drink tea, but it's mostly herbal tea. So I don't. Yeah. This is one that I can say (laughs) without pointing the finger back to me because I don't do it very much. If you consume caffeine, and most of us do in some form, do so in moderation so that you can avoid jitters and crashes. Too much caffeine can cause headaches, anxiety, trouble sleeping, irritability, (laughs) respiratory issues, chest pain, thirst, and frequent urination. So then a lot of people want to know, well, how much is too much? Over 400 milligrams of caffeine a day is a lot. How much is 400 milligrams? Glad you asked. An eight ounce cup of brewed coffee has about 96 milligrams of caffeine. So four cups, y'all, four cups of brewed coffee. An eight ounce cup of instant coffee. I mean, really, does anybody drink instant coffee? That's like instant tea. But if you do, it has 62 milligrams of caffeine. A one shot, about 1.75 ounces of espresso contains between 63 to 110 milligrams of caffeine. And I think espresso is even stronger than regular coffee, so uh, I would not drink that at all. Intakes over 400 milligrams of caffeine a day can be associated with insomnia, jitters, anxiousness. I've literally seen people who their hands are just shaking. And it's caffeine. They've ha- And I've, I've asked them, how, how much coffee have you had today? Because I know they're green coffee. Oh, um, I think this is my sixth cup. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I could, I could kind of tell that. Yeah, I noticed. Um, anxiousness, fast heartbeat, upset stomach, headaches, and a sad mood. It can also, I love this one. Bet y'all didn't know this. I didn't, any of these. It can also increase the risk of male infertility, cancer, heart disease, mood disorders, and weakened bones. So, be aware. Okay, the next thing that we can do is to stay positive. Practicing positive self-talk and focusing on solutions is really what it's talking about here, instead of just dwelling on the negative, on the problem, and moaning and groaning about that. Research shows that positive self-talk can improve self-esteem, stress management, and well-being. It can also reduce symptoms of depression, anxiety, or personality disorders. I've realized just lately, the last couple of months, that one of the things that I say to myself, and I I haven't, I wasn't saying it as much 
until I realized that I did it sometimes. Now I'm doing it more intentionally. After something negative or annoying happens or irritating or frustrating, and they are legion, let me just say, I say to myself, okay, if this is the worst thing that happens to me today, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. It'll be all right. If this is the worst thing that happens to me today, because most of the time, y'all, that is so true. We can get so caught up in being annoyed because somebody took the parking place that we were going towards, or we got cut off in the freeway, or the person in front of us in line is taking forever to make up their mind what they want, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's annoying. It's not worth hanging on to for hours and letting it ruin your day. So that's something that you can do is to stay positive. Okay, more things. Told you, I have a lot. The next thing that you can do is to practice healthy living. Take care of your physical health through exercise, balanced nutrition, proper rest. Recognize your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. I mean, really, would we put those things into a temple? And again, I'm talking to myself here. I had too much chocolate cake for lunch. It's really good, but I had too much. I should not, I should have stopped about halfway through and saved the rest of it. But I am doing intermittent fasting for the rest of the day. So I should be able to work it off. But we just need to, again, think about how are we taking care of our temple? Which, gosh, that sounds familiar, the name of the podcast. And we really, I know all of us need to do a better job. I certainly do. I remind myself of that often. Next is to develop a good morning routine. Create a morning routine that includes activities like meditation, stretching, journaling, or reading, a lot of the things that I already mentioned, to center yourself and to set up positive intentions. So a lot of times it can be difficult adding new habits into your routine. You forget them. You don't think about them. So one of the things that I do, and I refer to this a lot, is the book called Habit Stacking. I should have put the author's name on it. Anyway, it's Habit Stacking. That's the name of the book. I've talked about it before. And what they talk about on this one is that when you have a new habit or new habits to introduce in your routine, kind of tuck them into things that you are already doing. Hook them on daily activities that you already have. Things like brushing your teeth. I mean, most of us brush our teeth a couple of times every day or taking a shower or eating breakfast or making your bed. When you have those things that you do every day, you kind of tuck those other new habits into the things that you're already doing and it makes it easier to remember them. So if you're curious about that book, it's a very good one. I highly recommend it. Read it. It's very readable and you can you can see what I'm talking about. Okay, so another thing that we can do is use better time management. Find some good time management techniques like the Pomodoro technique to help you stay focused and make efficient use of your time. Pomodoro means tomato. Why it's called the tomato technique, I have no clue. That is just what it's called. And the way this works is you set a timer for 25 minutes and you focus on a single task until the timer rings. It doesn't have to be just 25. You can go 30 or 40, whatever. Then when the session ends, you take a short break like five, 10 minutes. Then you do it again. Set the timer again for 25 or 35 minutes. After you do three to four productive sessions, you take a longer break. I didn't know that was what it was called, but I, I've done this, variations of this for years. 
when I was studying for my PhD exams, which were oral exams, I would be very focused. I, I would do that. I would, I would, you know, go at it for 45, 50 minutes, take a five minute break. And I, I would do that most of the morning. Then I remember early afternoon after I ate some lunch, I would take a break. I would watch Charlie's Angels, an, a rerun episode, just because it was totally mindless. It was silly. It was something that, you know, was really lighthearted, totally opposite from what I was studying. And it really did help my brain just kind of switch out and have a, a break for a while. And I passed my test. So hey, it worked. Okay. Also, something else you can do is learn to limit negative influences. Influences. Sorry. I really, I can't talk. Surround yourself with positive people and limit exposures to negative influences. Y'all get in the habit of looking over what you have scheduled for the day. And if you are going to be around negative, toxic people who are annoying, frustrating, and time wasters, maybe you need to reschedule some of those things. Spend time, look for ways to spend time with upbeat, positive, productive people, because that makes you be more upbeat, positive, and productive as well. Instead, if you spend time with Debbie Downers, who are always moaning and groaning and complaining and nothing is ever good enough and they're always unhappy, it's going to drag you down. Now, if these people happen to be family, I don't recommend cutting them off completely, but maybe just reducing the amount of time that you spend with them. Okay, another thing that can be really helpful is to learn to stay humble. When we humble ourselves before God and acknowledge our dependence on him, life goes much better. If you go through your day thinking that you have all the answers, you do not need any help, you've got this on your own, it's called arrogance. Been there, done that when I was much younger. And I can attest to the fact that that does not end well when I do that. So I've learned, you know, I'm 66. I've learned some things, thank goodness. When I get to my office in the morning, the first thing I do, I well, unless I have to run to the bathroom first, I get down on my knees and I ask for God's guidance through the rest of my day. That's just how I try to start my day. Next thing that you can do to give yourself a really good day, I believe, is to take some supplements. Find a good supplement. Take it every day. Y'all, I have been on Juice Plus for over two years. They are plant-based food capsules. That's all they have in them are plants. They are very healthy. And I, I can't remember if I just said that I've been on it for about two years. I've seen an increase in energy, focus, productivity, decrease in brain fog, tiredness and distraction. And if this is something y'all, Juice Plus is the OG. They were the original ones who did it. They've been around for 25 plus years. They are amazing. And I have other people that I know who are on it, and they all say the same thing. Huge improvement in health. It's so easy. I take capsules in the morning. That's it. I take capsules. And they talk about it's one, one easy change, one positive change. I forget the tagline. Something like that. Um, so if you are interested in it, you may know a friend or family member who sells it. Talk to them. If not, you can email me. I could should be able to help you find someone in your area, or I can help you. But I strongly recommend them. It really is just such an easy way to improve your health. And I, I've recently found this out. A lot of kids are struggling in school. One of the reasons is because they're not getting good nutrition. So Juice Plus has gummies. 
they also have the Healthy Start plan, which means that because they're so committed to healthy families, if an adult in the household buys some of the supplements, kids up to the age of 26 can get free gummies. Okay. Um, And it doesn't even have to be like it could be your grandchild or your neighbor's child that you kind of mentor or whatever. Y'all, it's a really, really good program. Very committed to it. Love it. There's a lot of faith-based people who are selling this product. So I really love it. So find a good supplement. Another thing that can be very helpful is to review finances. I do this every morning. Well, I try to. Sometimes I forget and then I do it in the evening. But I take like three to five minutes. I get online with my bank, make sure I've got everything in my check register, make sure I'm balancing with the bank so that later on, I'm not looking at something two weeks later thinking, what the heck was this? Where did that come from? Because I don't remember. I did that for a long time and I finally realized, okay, I've got to, I've got to start doing this. If I do it every day, like I said, three minutes, done, easy. So I highly recommend that so that you kind of know where you are, where you're starting out. Next, this is such a big one. Be an encourager. That makes such a big difference. I sent out, I wrote three cards this morning and put them in the mailbox when I left. Send cards, text or emails to somebody who needs it. My mom was the world's best encourager. And one of the things she always said is, if you are thinking something nice about someone, tell them. It can make their whole day. Sometimes it can make their whole week. Some of the benefits of being an encourager are, it motivates you. Y'all, it helps change the world, or at least your little part of the world. And a lot of times it does have that domino effect. I can't remember, the. I think it was for an insurance company, but there was a commercial a while back where, Somebody would do something for someone else, and then that person would do something for someone else. Nice, something nice. And it, you could see it just spread. And that kindness does that. Encouragement does that. It also helps you make friends, and it helps you see the world differently. So it's in a more positive way. It's a good thing. Next, share your faith. Y'all be open to opportunities to share your faith and offer encouragement to other people. If you are living a vibrant, fulfilled, happy Christian life, it's going to be attractive to other people. So be ready to answer questions that they may have because that's contagious. People want that. Who doesn't want to be happy? I don't know anybody who says, I want to be mad and angry and grumpy and irritated and frustrated. That's how I want to live my life. A lot of people do that, but I don't think it's anybody's choice. We all want to be happy. And because of that, this is one of my books I'm reading right now, my devotional time, is uh, the book Happiness by Randy Alcorn. Highly recommend it. Great book. Next thing. Now, full disclosure, this is a really, really good thing to do. I don't do it. Probably never will. I got this one from my son, David. Take a cold shower in the morning. Y'all, there are so many coaches now who recommend this. And a lot of people do it. I hate cold showers. I don't like being cold. So I'll probably never do it, but it it is good for you. Um, It's called co-therapy or cryotherapy. And it uses exposure to cold temperatures to cool the body's tissue for therapeutic reasons. And there are several ways to apply cold therapy, including cold showers, um, cold spray. That's you just use it to numb a small area, cold water immersion or ice baths. 
And a lot of athletes will do this when they've had injuries. You know, you'll see them just getting into this ice bath. Look, I would also not like localized ice application. Now, I will do this. I have some um, blue ice pads, and I tend to get bursitis or pain in my hips. So a lot of times in the evenings, I'll wrap one in a towel and sit on it for a while. And it just numbs the area and really does feel better. Or whole body cryotherapy, and it exposes the body to really, really cold vapors. So taking cold showers can do some of the following things. It can bolster your immunity to common colds. And a lot of times they will uh, suggest that people switch from a hot to a cold shower, even for a couple of minutes, and that can protect you from viruses. It can also combat symptoms of depression. In one clinical study, participants who took daily cold showers for several months reported decreased depressive symptoms. And also research shows that cold water may boost your mood and decrease anxiety. Still not doing it, but hey, it, it sounds really good. It can improve your circulation. Your body goes into survival mode when it's really cold. Big surprise. Um, and it's working hard to maintain that core temperature. This stimulates your body to increase blood flow circulation. And it can oxygenate it can send freshly oxygenated blood, that's hard to say, to areas of your body that need to recover. It can also increase your metabolism. It reduces inflammation and can help prevent muscle soreness. Um, let's see, it can relieve localized pain. You know, I talked about that uh, sitting on the, the blue ice pad. And, okay, how to use uh, cold showers as cold therapy. Keep the water below 60 degrees. So in a typical home, that means just turning it all the way to the cold and not having any hot water on. Take it slow. Start out maybe with 30 seconds of it and then work your way up to a minute and then up to two or three minutes. I think my son told me, he I know he sets a timer and I think he does it for two or three minutes, even in the winter. I'm not just not that dedicated. Okay, something else that you can do. I've got a couple more. Stay accountable. We all need this. We don't always want it, but we all need it. Try to find an accountability partner or join a small group to help you grow in your faith and just to do the things that you need to do. If you can't find an existing group, you may need to start your own. Or you can hire a coach to work with you in person or online. Online is a very popular choice nowadays. Either way, having some feedback and accountability is a really good way for you to grow professionally and personally. And it's just a good way to start your day. Another one is to pray for other people. I mean, who doesn't know people who need to be prayed for? And it's such a good way to, to start things off in the morning, just to lift other people up to God, ask him to help them. If you can't think of people who need to be prayed for, ask God to bring them to your mind. They are out there and you will both benefit from you praying for them. Last one that I have on here is to hug someone. Have some type of physical contact with people or animals. Y'all, we bond through physical touch. Our skin is the largest organ in our body, and it sends good and bad touch sensations to our brains. So when we engage in a pleasant touch, like a hug, your brain releases oxytos oxytocin. Sorry, And this makes you feel good. There is kind of the opposite uh, condition, which is called touch starvation. 
And this happens when you don't get as much physical touch as you're used to or need, or just you don't get any at all. You crave contact, but there's a reason, for some reason, that you are not able to interact with others. This got really bad during COVID, people who lived alone. They had no contact with other people. Um, And if you live alone, which I do and have done, and you don't have anybody that you can hug or touch, get some animals. I have two little dogs. Almost every morning, Chewy, my little um, Yorkie mix, he will, when I'm having my quiet time, he waits till I'm praying. He just does that. And he will jump up on my lap. And so I'm sitting there praying and I'm just stroking him. And it's just so relaxing. He loves it. I love it. It's good for everybody. So you can do that with a cat also, if you're a cat person. Um, but have some way that you're getting touch because it really, really is important. And it's such a great way to start off your day. Okay. That is all my ways that you can uh, use to have a really great day. And you all may have some other ones that you do. But just remember, y'all, we are not stuck. You are not helpless to improve your day. If bad things happen to you, I should say, when bad things happen to you, because they're going to, you still can turn things around. You can say, as I have at times through gritted teeth, even though this just happened, I am still going to have a good day. And you can. I promise you can turn it around. So it takes some work, but you can do it. Okay, a fun fact about Waco, Texas. I've talked about Christian Women's Job Corps. In fact, I had Lydia Tate, who is their executive director. She was here for a, a episode, hmm, gosh, 10, 12 episodes ago. It's a really good one. And CWJC, Christian Women's Job Corps, it, they're actually kind of a national organization. They help women, the one in Waco, in McLennan County, receive their GED and get job training free of charge. And these programs, if you have one in your area, they are always in need of donors and volunteers to help them up and running. We are getting ready, and I'll be going to it next week, to have their Baskets of Hope uh, yearly function. It's their biggest fundraiser, and it's a lunch, and they have silent auctions. So I'm sure if there is one near you, they have something similar. Look it up. They can use your help. Um, ours is going to have a keynote speaker, um, Dr. Marlene Reed, who is an adjunct professor of entrepreneurship at Baylor and the founder and is the founder of the National CWJC. So you can contribute to CWJC. I love this part. You can help a local woman near you who is in need of getting her GED for $200. For that amount, you can provide all the materials that are needed for her to complete her GED and graduate. And y'all, that can change not only her life, but her family's life. $200. I just think that's an amazing thing. So if that's something that you're interested in, look on their website, Christian Women's Job Corps, maybe cwjc.com, I think. But they're a great organization. Strongly recommend them. Okay. Along with this podcast and Waco Hypnosis Center, I'm available for public speaking. I also write books. I'm getting back into that. I did that a while ago. I'll let you know when I have one ready. If you are interested in having me to having me speak at an event, you can contact me through my website at www.drmelissarich.com or email me at info at drmelissarich.com. And y'all, if you have enjoyed this podcast, if it has been helpful, which I really hope it has, and I try to make it interesting and entertaining. 
I would love for you to do any or all of the following. Follow the podcast. Write me a great review because, hey, this is a great podcast. Or share the episode. Any of those would be really appreciated. I'm working on building up my following. And I do okay on social media. Not the best, but I know some of you guys are legends at it. So any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you all so much. I hope to see you back next week. Bye. Bye.